0: Hey everyone, it's Matt and this is
1: Lucas and this is thanks for playing the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The energy's back. The energy is back everyone. We are back in the studio ready to go. We got hot Mickey here. Hot Mickey say hello to the fans again. Hello to the fans! Oh my god, I love that. He's so hot, <laughs> everyone. Hot Mickey is a uh, guest producing. Maybe you noticed in our last episode we had producer Sam. He is unavailable today, so Hot Mickey is subbing in.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Hot Mickey. It's a pleasure to
2: be here.
0: I love that. Such <laughs> a nice guy. Uh,
1: <laughs> hot Mickey's great. He's he's actually a pretty big uh, active guy in the Discord. So those of you who have probably seen his name pop up here and there that are in the Discord. Um, been friends for many years. He's one of the best uh, Project M players in the world. Mm-hmm, That's uh, mm-hmm. not not an exaggeration. He's he's really cool uh, in that regard. And um, I guess it's a good time to plug the Discord. It's a good time as any.
0: Yeah. So uh, in case you didn't just take the hint, <laughs> we do have a Discord. <laughs> everyone You can find our Discord in our link tree and our social profiles. That uh, our social profiles are TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end, and that is for both Twitter, TikTok and instagram as well you can go to our our website thanks for playing dot live and uh you can find the link to the discord there and then as well if you have any questions feel free to shoot us an email thanks for playing pod at gmail.com um i love I, I love hearing from the fans we, we do get some emails here and there and it's always a good time when we do so really really appreciate that um and yeah i mean before before we get into everything today i GTA six was just announced. <laughs> I know. Sleet like uh,
1: like announced really low key. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh yeah, it's in development. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like one of those headlines you see where it's like I, I think the headline was something like, We are so happy for the devoted fan base for GTA five, but I will but we will confirm GTA six yeah, is, in, yeah. is currently <laughs> actively de- being developed. It's like, what? <laughs> it's so random. What's
0: so crazy to me is just how much the Milk Grand Theft Auto 5. I know. It has literally been up, it's about to be re released on three different console generations. That's right. And, like, I don't know, it's just insane because, especially with it being re released now, all they're really doing is telling, like, oh, we got ray tracing now. But literally, there's so many fan mods out there that yeah. already do that. It blows me away. And I don't know, I, I can't think of many, if any other games that have been not remastered per se, but just like re released as the same game with ray tracing, with ray, or yeah, I, with three ra- across three different platforms. It is insane. And I don't know. I, I think they're getting a lot of flack actually for doing it again with the PS5 and Xbox S. People are going to buy it. People are going to buy it no matter what. But it's like I don't know. I think they're kind of feeling pretty lazy about it. But are, are you a Grand Theft Auto guy? Uh, I played Grand Theft Auto Five when it came out on the 360. Fun story actually. The first night I got it, um, I didn't even play it. My my dog just like got a hold of the case and just like chewed through it and chewed the disc. That's pretty awful. It's <laughs> so, not a great story. <laughs> so I had to go buy a um, a brand new one. It's pretty upsetting. Wow. Shout out to my dog, Sirius. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good dog name. Yeah. Sirius wow. Black, like Harry Potter. Oh, because
1: he can turn into a dog.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's great. Permanently. Love that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, it's funny. I've never really been a Grand Theft Auto guy, honestly. It's kind
0: of interesting, too, because... When you're younger, it's one of those games you just play because it's like pure chaos. You can just do literally whatever the fuck you want in it. Yeah, yeah. And then as I when I played it when I was a little bit older in high school, I actually focused on playing through the story and everything yeah. and enjoying it. And then, I know, it's actually like, they're actually pretty good games overall, like story and everything else, you know, aside from like just choosing the renegade path and just doing whatever the hell you want, the right. story in them is actually really fun and the... Particularly the... What's the word? Heists. The heist scenario. Yeah. Yeah. People I love sick, people love the heists. Rockstar are sick in general. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2. I've actually been seeing a lot of recommendations just in my YouTube feed lately for Red Dead Redemption 2, and I really want to play it because I played the first one. Never got around to the second one, but it just looks incredible. And then... Did you ever play Bully? No,
1: no. I know that was like a cult classic, though. Yeah,
0: I love... I fucking love Bully. That's a classic, too. But, um, you know, as much as I love... Fictional LA universes, whether that's San, Santa, San Andreas, or whatever the world.
1: What isn't the Red Dead Redemption world uh, just the
0: United States of America? Well, I'm talking more the daughter here. As much as I love those worlds in the U.S. of America, <laughs> <laughs> I also, well, I don't love, but I also have experienced another world recently: the world of the land of Hyrule. That's what right, everyone. Today. We are talking about the number one time traveling musical, (laughs) Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of
1: Time. That's right. The 1998 Nintendo 3D adventure game, Ocarina of Time. 10 out of 10 from IGN, their first ever perfect game. 10 out of 10 on Electronic Gaming Monthly. 9.5 on Nintendo Power, ironically enough. (laughs) Nine <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Yes. Ninety nine on Metacritic. Um I believe these the highest rated Metacritic game, if not number two. I think Undertale might be number one these days. Um 99 on Metacritic. Yeah. This game people you know what? We wouldn't be a video game podcast if we didn't do this video game I know. at some point. I'm gonna
0: Man. be honest. I was not looking forward to doing this game. <laughs> For I think reasons that I've been kind of Historically documented mm-hmm. one time on the podcast for being kind of a stickler for older games, but I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it more. But before we really dive in any more into like the context of the game, kind of the reception it got, I want to give a brief explanation for the good people in case anyone's not too familiar with The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, we'll give you a quick little explanation here, a quick little synopsis. As always, this re- is relatively spoiler free, but as always, it's Legend of Zelda, so you probably know how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty obvious. So spurred by his apparent destiny, Link begins a journey to defeat the evil sorcerer king, Ganondorf, and to stop him from collecting the Triforce, a relic that would give him godlike powers. Traveling through the past and present with the power of the Ocarina of Time, Link meets many characters and the sages of the Sacred Realm who ultimately help him in defeating the evil Ganondorf.
1: That's right. That's it. Honestly, <laughs> not that much of a story. Um, it's a Zelda game. It's It's got a pretty tried and true formula that's been working for almost 40 years <laughs> at yeah, this point. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's sort of this tried and true formula that that is really, really great, in yeah. my opinion. I know things are going to be a little bit different for Matthew Rockaby's <laughs> opinion over here. Now, I'll start off on initial thoughts. Um, this is my probably third or fourth full playthrough of the game. Um, this game came out when I was three years old. Um, mm-hmm. I have two older brothers, as I've uh, mentioned on the show before, and uh, Ocarina of Time was always around, actually. So I don't ever remember a time before I really knew what this game was. I've always sort of known. Um, I remember So my earliest memories are actually just holding an N64 controller and moving around in the game. I couldn't read, and I would be able to like move and play the game. Not that's, like I was that's really able, sweet. I wasn't that's able sweet. to play the game, really. Yeah. I was able to just move around in it. Um, I remember watching my brother beat it, um, one of my earliest memories. So I am going to be fully, everybody who's listening needs to take my perspective with a huge massive pound of salt because I'm, this is a nostalgic game for me, right? Uh Um, Uh It's hard to separate. I know this is a conversation that is basically peppered throughout the whole video game world is nostalgia. How does this game hold up? How does this do? That is one of the big themes of Ocarina of Time, I think. Um, there's so many retrospectives on the game. The biggest thing that people open up when they review this game today is, how does it hold up, right? Yeah. So we're going to be getting a lot into that today. I So obviously, I have a biased perspective. Matt has never played the game before, first time playing through it. Um, historically, not the biggest Zelda fan anyway. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're going to dive into it. To be fair, I've
0: only played two and a little bit of Twilight Princess, but... Yeah. I haven't been that impressed with anything yeah. so far.
1: <laughs> I I loved this game, um, and and listen, I mean, Matt, I love you, Hot Mickey, I love you. We're gonna argue probably on this episode, and that's okay. Yeah, okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm over what happened super t- on the Super Metroid episode two years ago. I want to say I'm officially over it. Uh, <laughs> moved on with my life, but um, you know you're you're entitled to your opinion playing the game in this in this day and age. So I'm I'm actually genuinely curious to hear what didn't do it for the for you with this game, but what but what also did, right? Because there's going to be some timeless aspects to the game that yeah, you know, yeah. maybe did age a little bit better or maybe yeah. you know. And there's also the whole component that we're going to dive into about the fact that this is such a revolutionary game and did a lot of things first. Obviously, you got you can give it credit for it for doing things first, but it doesn't necessarily inform the experience today. Right, so it's we're on this interesting dynamic where a lot of the parts of the game truly, objectively, do not age very well. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: I have a blinded nostalgia for those kinds of mechanics and those kinds of things. I find them a little more on the charming side where you might find them on the frustrating side, Matt. So, I don't know. I think we're going to get into it a little bit here, Um, but I'm excited, super excited.
0: Yeah, so kind of just digging in, I guess, first impressions. Um, I'll start. (laughs) Let's hear Um, it. I find the Zelda series as a whole incredibly uninteresting.
1: Okay, explain.
0: It is just a voiceless protagonist blindly being told what his destiny is and going and following through. There is nothing compelling about that. And with a game like what we're playing today, and this is interesting because I want to preface this as well with I'm doing my best because I know I've been probably unfairly harsh on some of the older games we've played, like Metroid, Super Metroid, for example, where I'm viewing it through the lens of playing it today Mm -hmm. where ultimately it is a game that came out, you know, I mean, Metroid came out like what in the early, mid-90s and this game came out in 98. So it is worth acknowledging that these are just products of a different era, but like... I don't, with Breath of the Wild, at least when I played that, I, I didn't care for the story. It was just very cookie cutter, dry, kind of boring. Honestly, because like I mentioned, I, I think Zelda's pretty interesting. But what was nice about Breath of the Wild was that it at least had modern mechanics to hold it up, right? And if you remove the remove it being a Zelda game, right? It's just a, it's a cool game in general, right? Like if you just call it Breath of the Wild, and you're just this random. Dude with blonde hair running around this really unique world. I think that's a really cool game. Yeah. But the problem with this game is that no matter what I do, I'm playing a game from 98. (laughs) That's right. And moreover, I'm playing a game from 98 on a really shitty Nintendo Switch emulator. Yeah.
1: We played on the Switch emulation, which um, a lot of people have been touting as being one of the worst emulations of the game. Period.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Um, It was the most successful way for us to play it, which is unfortunate as well and yeah i mean every everything i read online was just like yeah the switch port is not good yeah and to be fair normally i'm pretty forgiving of that stuff if a game is bad on if i played you know whatever game on an emulator on my computer and the controls felt janky or whatever fair enough i'm playing on an emulator it's not naturally meant to play like this right right? but this is like an official (laughs) yeah nintendo release there's no defending it there's no defending it it. and just like when I first jump in, all I can think is, oh, my God, this feels so fucking awful. Um, the targeting is incredibly bad. The movement just feels bad. I don't know. I, I just it it, it, it it's aged showed immediately. And it's really interesting, the disparity with emulations, I think, because mm-hmm. I was actually curious and I, I checked out some of the IGN review. Um, from the 3DS remaster, remake, whatever you want to call that's, it.
1: That's one of the better ones, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they just talk about the breakthrough target lock-on system makes the combat so fast and fun. And then I heard that, and that is just like completely opposite to right. my experience with this game, where on the Switch, the lock-on system is, for me at least in my experience playing this,
1: one of the most frustrating parts yeah, of this game it as is, a whole. It is really bad, because for those of you that have never played the Switch port, uh, the lock-on system is a toggle Rather than a hold, so it's like when you want to untarget from a from a unit, you have to like you have to click the targeting button again, yeah, which makes you target another unit usually in the same vicinity. So you sometimes you get stuck in a in a lock on situation, which is really dumb. Um, I cannot believe that passed any sort of QA. They actually did do a hot fix like halfway through me playing this game on the Switch. Oh. Um, so there is a if you update your N sixty four like Switch. Online thing, uh, it, it is slightly updated, it's slightly better. Oh, really? Um, so See, that's yeah. funny.
0: I intentionally yeah. didn't update it because you were saying how, <laughs> like, you enough space yeah, yeah. I didn't have space. Yeah, I did have enough <laughs> space on my Switch. It's not a
1: solution. I'm not, it's not, it's indefensible, yeah. really. Um, I mean, they say the speedrunners all use the Wii version, the Wii emulation version, mm-hmm. which apparently is the best one. Um, I mean, some things, it's not gonna, the emulation is not gonna solve for you, right? Like, yeah. I think the, the movement in the game is maybe not as smooth as a lot of modern games, right? The camera itself, you can't control the camera, for those of you that have ever played the game. You can only move the camera to where you, your character, are facing. Mm-hmm. So, and that's very different. That's very, very, very different from modern games where you can always have 100% control of the camera. So that yeah. right there, even me, who's played this game a million times, like struggled to adjust at the beginning, because yeah. like, I kept wanting to move the camera and I kept accidentally shooting out like a Deku nut or something.
0: Well, and yeah, beyond that as well, too, I mean, even when you're just trying to say, you know, use the slingshot or use the hookshot, I mean, the, the whole time I'm playing this game, I felt like I was literally fighting against Link to just keep him on course and to keep him going in a straight line. There'd be so many moments where I would pause the game and then unpause it and Link just starts walking off randomly. And to be clear, like, it's not my Switch. I checked it. On, um, I played a little bit of Hades really quickly in between. Mm-hmm. My Switch controller, the Joy-Cons are fine. There's right. no issue with those. It's not broken. I don't know if it's just like an incredibly bad latency issue or just something in the coding of the yeah. emulator or whatever it is, but you know I'll be like say on a ledge where if you fall, you restart a dungeon from the beginning right. and then Link just chooses to walk off.
1: Right. <laughs> well, the emu- yeah, the emulation's trash. Fortunately, it just, it just we r- have
0: save states <laughs> which yeah, yeah.
1: to be fair is that is, is good. I didn't I didn't use any save state. Well, the Switch you can just put to sleep. So like yeah. I usually didn't use any save states to go back cuz I knew like every twist or like I never got caught and sent back to the beginning of the dungeon from like any of the crawly guys or anything. But yeah, um, yeah the emulation just wasn't great for those of you that want to play the game, definitely don't try it on the Switch port. Um I'd recommend the Wii version. Um it's just going to play a lot better. So yeah. um yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one big interesting thing now. Uh, <laughs> we can we can I, I do I want to say a few things actually before we move on. You can that. talk. I'll so, out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so to me, you know, I I fully in, in agreement with what you said about like a, a it's a silent protagonist and a boring story. Blah blah blah.
0: Well, it, and I, it's I, just it's the same thing in every Zelda game for, for the yes, most part, yes. which is I don't like.
1: But I because something I, in defense to its defense, I would say that one well, a silent are are you. Are you upset that there's a silent protagonist at all? Are you, do you not prefer silent protagonists, or that just adds to the fact that it feels very one-dimensional? Or it's ju-
0: it's it's incredibly
1: one-dimensional. I mean, do you feel like Link did not properly communicate how he was feeling? Do you not? Do you think that there was
0: like I feel like you're um, making fun of me. No, no, no. I'm saying, <laughs> do you do you feel like you did not understand Link because he didn't talk? As far as I'm concerned, Link is just a mindless robot in this game. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought he actually showed some emotional beats. He show shows fear. a little bit of emotion like when he's talking to Agoron, sure, when he's scared of them or whatever, like a little facial animation, if you want to give it that. But fear, he's just like, a mindless guy running around as far as I'm concerned, just being like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to go save, save save, the world now. But you, like, <laughs> but, okay, I, I get what you're saying.
1: I mean, virtually every character in a video game does that though. But they talk when they
0: do it. But there's like, He's not engaging in the thing, though. And I think the silence, like you're, like I'm saying, I think that's the issue, too. And I mean, it's kind of like the same thing in Chrono Trigger. Like, my gripe with that is how you just don't like silent protagonists. I think I just don't like silent protagonists, but I don't know. There's not like a lot of. There's no inherent motivation for him because you don't know what he's thinking. And okay. you don't hear what he's saying. He's just mindless. He's just like a robot being told, this is your destiny now, go do it. And he gives a little. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But
1: but like, one could argue that every video game main character does that, except they say okay, they don't resist.
0: I disagree. Like, take a game like Oxenfree, where these characters are actually thrown into a, an experience, and they clearly have motivations to get out of it and get through it. Whereas right. Link is just thrown in there, and he has no motivation. And then being he's told that this is what he has to do, all based on Zelda's fucking hunch that the guy that's clearly evil is probably evil. Right. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so. Okay, you, you most likely just I mean you just
1: don't like Silent Protagonist. If Link had said, "I don't know about this," and then did it, would that have made it better? I mean, like on a theoretical level, like did you just want Link to show resistance
0: to the destiny he was supposed to fulfill and then do it? Provide some commentary on it at least, like Okay. At least give his thoughts on it. I don't know. Silent protagonists are ass. Okay. That's and that's your pro- that's the problem then. But I mean, I still mm, I'm trying to think how to articulate this with another game. I still stand by, like, take again, Oxygen Free, for example. Everyone around her, if you remove Alex's dialogue, I feel like everyone around her is able to inform the situation up with what's going on right. to, like, make it interesting. Or, um, Outer Worlds, outer, wi- outer Wilds or Outer Worlds? Outer <laughs> Worlds. Or, like, any, take any Fallout game, for example. I mean, obviously, you have some, like, Little dialogue choices where you're informing the game, but right. like, but you're a silent protagonist in in Fallout or like but that's way better because at least if you're a silent protagonist, then you're communicating with the game in your own way by like choosing the dialogue and stuff. In mm-hmm. this game, it's just like, oh, I woke up, I had a scary dream. Yo, what up, Deku Tree? I'll yeah. uh, go hit up Princess Zelda. Word. Okay. Like, gotcha. And that's kind. Of, that's just really lame to me. Okay.
1: Well, I guess my my defense on that is that like I think simplicity like going into the castle and saving the princess is the story of zelda yeah period it's every zelda game right same thing with every mario game yeah it doesn't i i think that it's more of like just a simplistic like thing it's more of a situation rather than a story to me i don't think it's like i'm not necessarily playing zelda for the story, in the same way I'm not playing Mario for the story.
0: Well, and I can appreciate that, and that's why I game like Breath of the Wild, I think I, get, I think I get Breath of the Wild like a seven or eight, like a good rating. Yeah. Because if you remove the Zelda p- aspect of it, it's just a mechanically, cool Mechanically, it, it's, it, a, it, it's it. a good game. It's right. a good game mechanically, right. yeah.
1: No, I, I agree with that. I am um, just I just wanted to cycle analyze what it is that you don't like about the particular story, which is the silent protagonist from what I can tell. Dang, I'm getting analyzed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for for me, um again, it's it's really going into the castle and saving the princess. That's what Zelda is. Yeah. I, I go into a Zelda game, I know it's gonna happen there's Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out, right, this year, 2022. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it, it might not Supposedly. It, might de- it might get delayed, yeah. whatever. But I've never gone into a Zelda game thinking that I'm not gonna do I'm gonna do something other than that. Right. And like I guess maybe Majora's Mask is the only Zelda game that doesn't do that for my Zelda heads out there. But that's to me the the formula of it, right? Yeah. It's I'm not saying that it's it's the best thing ever or it should be that way or whatever. It just these these are the parameters of a Zelda game. This is the genre essentially, and um, y'all over right there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's my defense on it. Um, I will bring up a quote here that's uh that's pretty interesting. So, uh, and I, this is something that I wanted to get into as well before we jump into the other categories. Um, the ringer.com actually did a retrospective on Zelda um, 20 years after it came out there's a 2018 article okay. um, it said um, and the title of the article is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time will always be the best game of all time I know you yeah I knew you'd wince when you said that I mean it's an It's, it's an opinion
0: piece article so I will I'm i more to open to accepting Super Metroid being the best game of all time before well, I accept this game as being well, the best game of all time Well, I, the argument or Chrono is Trigger
1: that, so uh, uh, here's a quote from the article Ocarina of Time, despite being a muddy, polygonal soup by 2018 standards, despite birthing sequels direct and indirect indirect, that better hit every other technical measure, despite that dumb goddamn owl, it is still the best game ever. It's the Jaws or the Chronic or the Sopranos of the medium. Everything older feels like it's from a different era. Everything newer feels indebted to it.
0: I don't think that's the... I'm I'm willing to accept maybe it has the best legacy of all time, but yeah, greatest influence. But I don't think that makes it the best game of all time. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. Well, see,
1: hang on. That's you touched on something really important that I do want to bring up too. Okay. Is like to the influence that it has or the legacy that it leaves. Where like even the even the co-founder of uh, Rockstar, Dan Hauser, he said in 2012, if you're making a 3D game and you're saying you didn't borrow from Zelda or Mario, then you're lying. Right? Zelda was the first game to have Z-targeting. I know it's not perfect, but it had Z-targeting. It's the first game to have a day-night cycle where the world is affected by a day-night cycle. Um, it has fast travel in the game, teleportation, mm-hmm. which I think might be one of the earliest examples of that too. And I mean, there's just so many firsts that the game did that I think the argument that a lot of people have is that its influence and legacy as a piece of art or a product, because it influences other things, it makes it the best thing. Is Jaws sense. the best movie of all time? No, it's not the best movie of all time, but it is the first summer blockbuster movie, right? So one, th- so it it what it did was create the world where the others could exist, right? So it's like the Big Bang's the most important event of all time, in a sense, because it's
0: the first. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Most important is different from greatest. Is it? Absolutely. Okay. Just because something's influential doesn't mean it's a
1: good thing. But the that's that's the argument that artists will make, that people make about mediums. Because something, something being influential is the only true value that something can have, right? Any art form can have. Influence is the number one thing
0: that an art does. I disagree. I mean, I, I think, obviously, I, I agree that video games are an art form, but they're also yeah. an entertainment form. And if the game doesn't hold up today and isn't incredibly entertaining, is it still the greatest game of all time? Probably not. Well, that's the thing is,
1: like, do you, like... Grand Theft Auto do you like Rockstar games do you like Red Dead do you like anything that's like open world or 3D that has that's basically indebted to Zelda Ocarina of Time
0: I don't think again like you answered your own question earlier is Jaws the best movie of all time with the direct analogy you used from The Ringer Well, well I'm saying
1: like it's
0: it's this tricky thing where you have to think I will never not argue and I mean again I haven't so I'm still I still there's so many video games I haven't played. But just from right. playing Zelda, I will currently I am willing to accept the argument that this is the most influential game of all time. Okay. And most revolutionary for when it came out for its time. No, no, no uh, that's that that qualifier doesn't need to be put in though. It's okay. the most revolutionary game of all time. I'm willing to accept that. Okay. I don't think it's the greatest game of all time. Okay. For the reasons we've stated. I
1: think the argument <laughs> that people make is that because something is the most influential it makes it the greatest. And I don't think that I think that that's a valid argument too. Because by by the argument of something becoming dated over time, every single one of our video games that we're playing today will probably not feel good at some point. Because there's different there's going to be different ways of playing games. There's going to be different peripherals. Who knows if Oxenfree will even be good in 50 years? Sure. You know what I mean? So by by dating games or comparing mechanically how something might feel now than it did back then, it becomes a very slippery slope, like art, aging of art type of argument, right? And I think it's just—I'm not saying you're wrong or whatever. It's just another way of thinking about art. Is that you? You have to think about its influence, in in like its influence is also part of its value. Is what I'm trying to say. I guess I I, I hear what you're saying. I'm going beyond the game here. I'm going beyond the experience. Of Cultural. The game. Yeah, I'm going. I'm yeah, because I. think... Yeah,
0: yeah. I am. Like I, you know, I think we're just at a we're at a, a fork, in the past with how we view greatest. <laughs> yeah, I think no. that's a whole other argument. But to be clear, this is not my favorite game. Yeah, of yeah. all time. Yeah,
1: and I think that there's there's stuff that will eventually be seen as more influential than Ocarina yeah. of Time for me. Um, but uh, but right now this is like our current like kind of way of viewing. I, I guess it's our current like barometer and how we view things, because like, think about this. Okay, I'll put this into context here. In 1995. Ocarina, our Chrono Trigger came out. We played Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Three years later, Ocarina of Time comes out. Right, first person, like there's a, you can view in first person. It's 3D. There's like day night sequence. There's like so many things that kind of push it forward. That that is like one of the biggest leaps forward in gaming. Probably the biggest leap forward in gaming that we've ever had because the jump from 2D to 3D was so massive, and it also had all these other game design elements that influence games today. That it's just it's just a massive leap forward is what I'm trying to say. And I know that you agree with the massive leap forward thing, because yeah. that's more of an objective fact. Um but yeah, I know we are talking around in circles here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. it comes down to how you define greatest and how you choose to Yeah, how you choose yeah. to define greatest. I'm choosing it by like
1: How it feels to play. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And how it holds up. Yeah. And then you're looking at it through the lens of Legacy and influence, which shape to each their own, I view them as separately, and you can also view them as the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I I think that this could be a debate that yeah, we could I could keep yeah. yelling at you for to, ages about to, this. <laughs> to be
1: clear though, to be clear, and this is this is the the try this is true for every art medium and every like product of art or whatever, is everything will eventually feel not good. Like every yeah. every movie will eventually by another generation be seen as not a great movie. Yeah. Right? Like every like you know, every piece of music and, like, play or, like, book, eventually those are seen as, like, not great by another generation. So it's, I guess, you know, art is tied to the time that it came out and eventually becomes dated because things change, cultures change. And it sucks because, like, I think that there's a lot of people that will play Ocarina of Time right now that played it back then and they'll go, ah, like me. Like, yeah. I wasn't, like, oh, this is the shit. I wasn't, like, playing Ocarina of Time, like, Oh, this is great. this feels great. the Z targeting's amazing. the fucking. this is awesome. Yeah I was yeah. finding problems with the game and I was disappointed that I found the problems, but it's it came out in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna find these problems, but it's it's fine, you know because I can I can you know rest assured that certain aspects of the game do feel really good and we can dump into those now <laughs> by moving on to our next category.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much to unpack with that conversation yeah. we were having there. But yeah. I mean, the game design itself, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, like we already said, revolutionary for what it's time. But at the end of the day, the core of what you're doing is relatively simple, right? It's like a dungeon game. You know, you go to a dungeon, you collect an item, yeah. go to a different dungeon and collect an item. But what is remarkable about the game too, and like we've already discussed, is it has this incredible like overworld free. It's a free roam game. Yeah, it at is. At the end of the day, which is very revolutionary for the time without a doubt Mm -hmm. um and like you said like having a night day cycle and moreover a night day cycle you can control yeah with the sun song which i I had a lot of fun when i figured that out actually um those things are absolutely incredible you know going into first person to aim and shoot is incredible the it's fucking difficult to do <laughs> yeah. on the switch and, like, and it's, it's inverted and it's inverted, inverted for some reason.
1: I know, and you can't yeah. change that. Another you know uh, very old. Well,
0: that's another problem with the emulation in general too. I think it really is unfortunate that we had to play the emulation just because that's what was most accessible to us. Because I think so many of my criticisms from it from a game aspect come from the emulation, but I have to judge it off that because that's like an official. Yeah, no yeah, of no, I, I So I it, it's, it. It, it's a weird place to be, but. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just running around Hyrule, hitting up dungeons and doing all that so you can fight Ganondorf, yeah, right? Yeah, and,
1: and you know, like, the for those of you that have, if you've never played a Zelda game or don't know how they work, you know, you it's a dungeon crawler, you go through a dungeon, you usually get halfway through the dungeon and then acquire some sort of key item to help you complete the dungeon or beat the boss with, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I re- I've always really loved about Zelda is when you are going through your dungeons and you get that key item. First of all, getting the item is cool because now, like, you can do all these different things. And it recontextualizes how you play through the dungeon further. Usually the dungeons are like a wide loop where the beginning of the dungeon is very close to the end of the dungeon. And usually like the dungeon design is such that you play through the whole dungeon in order to unlock a door that will be close to the boss. So yeah. when you enter the dungeon again or you start from the beginning, you're very close to the boss room, which I think is really cool. Um, and then usually the item that you get is used to help you in the overworld to unlock new things. Mm-hmm. So when you get the hover boots in the Shadow Temple, you now can like get two or three heart pieces that were out of range before, yes. which I think is really awesome. Um, so you acquire these new items, you get extra hearts, and you like do find some new moves here and there and unlock some new special moves. And stuff well, yeah,
0: like what's that. great about that, like you're saying, is the new items encourage you to continue to explore the overworld as a whole. Cause uh, I mean, if it's just oh, you use them in this instance in a Dutch, and all right, that's kind of I mean, yeah. cool, I guess, in this moment. But it's like oh, I have a hook shot now. I can hook to this. Yeah. And honestly, I I have a shout out to the hook shot. <laughs> it's the it's best like item a, in the it's game. Like the OG grappling hook. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you see grappling hooks everywhere yeah. now. That is the most common. I mean, fucking Halo has a grappling hook. Apex I know. <laughs> Legends has a character that literally that's their thing is grappling hooks. Yeah. Um, Titanfall. All these games. Titanfall is sick, by the way. Go listen to our Titanfall 2 episode. (laughs) Um, That was like one of our first episodes we did. That's crazy. I think that was episode 2 or 3. Episode 2 or 3. Yeah, wild. But, yeah, I mean, the way the the, the game builds on itself is really good. And, I mean, I think you see that a lot in games today as well, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Um, But, I mean... I don't know. So much of the game just feels so unplayable sometimes to me just because of how bad like the targeting is or again, like I mentioned already, I'm literally I feel like I'm literally just fighting against Link the whole time to like go in a certain direction or like not run off a ledge and mm-hmm. There are some moments too. There's one particular boss fight. I think it's is Jabu Jabu the belly thing. Uh, yeah, inside Lord. Jabu I remember Jabu I texted you about so. this. I was like, bro, I'm losing my shit. Yeah, like, that was
1: a cool dungeon concept.
0: The dungeon it, itself yeah. is cool. It kind of reminds me of Kingdom Hearts when you're inside. Um. Uh. The whale. The big whale. The whale that ate
1: Pinocchio. Uh, Hot Mickey. What's the whale? Who's the whale that ate Pinocchio?
2: I do not know this
0: answer. Hot Mickey, you're breaking my heart. Look it up, please. Yeah,
1: hey, Hot Mickey, pull it up. Pull it up. Let's uh, let's get that fact.
0: Look checking. up Kingdom Hearts Whale World. I mean, it look up, Pinocchio, up. Whale. <laughs> Pinocchio. Pinocchio,
1: Pinocchio Whale. Pinocchio. Pinocchio whale. It's the whale from Pinocchio. Yeah, is it's it like, not just
0: start, Moby Dick? No, it's, it starts with an M. It's like <laughs> monstrous. <laughs> Monstro. Monstro. I almost yeah, said inside Monstro. So, so yeah. instead of being inside Monstro, you're inside Jabu Jabu, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the equivalent. He's whatever. their god. He's like the fish god. The the Zora god. The fish god. Um. And I mean, there's this one boss where it's like a giant. What is those thing? That thing called like a? There's a name for him. Jellyfish? But, no, it's not even a jellyfish. It's like, anyways, it's this giant thing that you basically have to Octorock. run in a circle. Octo Octorock, Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah the octo It is a giant thing that you have to run in a circle and get behind while it's chasing you, and then like hit it with your boomerang to stun it, and then strike it. And unless you're able to have your boomerang walk on, it is extremely difficult to strike it from behind. <laughs> yeah. And there was moments in this boss battle where I am on this guy's ass and Navi just is like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, she it, would disconnect. She would like break the lock-on? Or just like I would click, you know, the lock-on button and it just wouldn't, she just mm. wouldn't lock on. Yeah. Um, that's one of the worst
1: fights in the game.
0: And it <laughs> is beyond frustrating. I'm like, because that's not even a me problem at that point. It is literally a game problem. And uh, you tell me, is that something that would be better on the N64?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, it sounds like you were just Far away from the target that you were supposed to hit and she disconnected.
0: No, I'm saying I'm like on its ass and it won't lock on. Like I'm too close to it maybe or something. Oh. Like it's very clearly in my view and then it just won't lock on. I never would have. I never had that problem. Yeah, I had that a lot. I think the boss is
1: just not, that boss is just not a great boss. Yeah. Period. I mean, it's just like the cameras outside the boundaries of the walls the whole time in that fight. It's kind of like we're pretty repetitive. It's like not that it's a mini boss and it's just it's just not great. I mean, I agree with you there. I don't know about, I can't comment on the targeting system not working for you in that fight because it, it, it's not like it didn't work for me. But
0: yeah, yeah. targeting system was dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it's also um, the first targeting system. First targeting system, to be fair. But, you know, I'm playing it yeah. today, so it's dog shit. Um, the, I mean, yeah, Emiliator as a whole, unfortunately, is just really bad. And you and I already talked about this a little bit the other day. One of the most frustrating aspects of this game for me, too. And thankfully, I had saves. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I if it's available to me in a game like this, I'm gonna yeah, use yeah, save state. Um, and it was there were so many instances in dungeons where oh, you fall off this little piece, uh, you miss this jump slightly, oh, you restart from the beginning or something, or it takes you back like several rooms. And for me, that's a pretty outdated game design mechanic. It and it was only amplified how bad it was by. The terrible controls, a product of the emulator. What? What? Uh,
1: when did that happen to you? Did that happen to you in the Fire Temple?
0: Fire Temple. Then there's the whirlpools in the in the water temple. Water Temple. Yeah. Um, I think there's a few instances in what's the the first cavern you go to as a kid, or the Dongo Cavern. Dongo yeah. Cavern. There's a few instances there where you can fall off and have to restart and just go through a bunch of stuff. Um, and I, I can appreciate that's a product of its time. But yeah, it's just made worse by how bad the controls are. One well, thing that's
2: interesting is that with safe states, it pretty much just ignores Nehru's love because Nehru's love is supposed to. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. supposed to fix that. Yeah, that's totally love.
1: Nere's love is an uh, additional, like an optional item you can grab that lets you teleport. To, like you basically put it in a dungeon somewhere. Oh, it's the you, it's the spell, right? It's the green spell.
0: I did. It, I I used that a lot actually in the water temple. Oh, okay. Because yeah. there are so many instances where you had to go back to the original room. Yeah, and it was a lot faster than just traversing. So, thanks, Hot Mickey. Great yeah, point. Yeah. yeah <laughs> great point. Um, so,
1: I'll, I'll touch on a few things about game design that I also really like. Um, so, I think I know. you yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, how you're going to respond to this, but the fighting I think is actually really cool. Um, There's actually a quote from the designer um, of the fighting system, Yoshiaki uh, Koizum I don't know if I'm. I'm probably butchering that last name. Uh, so the the inspiration for the Zelda fighting style for this game actually came from sword fighting battles that um, were like in Japanese theater at the time. And if you watch like old Japanese films um, or kung fu movies, the way the fights are choreographed are very similar to the way Zelda fights end up being choreographed. Where there's a trick where you're fighting multiple enemies at once, but they're not all attacking you at once. They actually attack you one at a time. In the same way, like when Bruce Lee was fighting fifty guys, he like one would jump at him, he would beat him up. The next guy, would jump at him and beat him up. But like, all these enemies are like revolving around Bruce Lee when he's doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Those old, like, those old, yeah, yeah. Those old movies. And they're all taking so, turns to and go. They and they all get take turns, yeah. yeah. And that's I that's like every anime, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, every anime yeah. does that, too. So just I just just jumping, guys. I think what's cool is that um, it's not <laughs> unintentional that that's how the Zelda fighting style works, too. Where like you're fighting multiple enemies, but they're not all attacking you all at the same time, which mm-hmm. to me, I, I get really annoyed when video games do that, when like you get hit and you're in hit stun. And then you get hit again and hit stun. Like, Zelda, you don't suffer from any of that kind of
0: stuff. It's just like, Mars is kind of guilty of that sometimes. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would, God. Or when you're healing and then you get hit when you're, yeah. like, in the middle of a healing animation. That's That was always annoying. But I think they pulled off a really cool combat trick where when you are fighting, it's, like, literally you target and the black bars come up on the bottom left and the bottom right because this game came out when TVs were were CRTs. Mm-hmm. So there was no widescreen. So the game actually forces widescreen By putting black bars on the top or bottom when you're fighting, so it's quite literally like you're entering a cinematic sword fight for that duration when the sword fights happen. Yeah, I can see that. So that's that's really cool. Um, It's more of a scripted fight, and like no fight in Zelda felt like it didn't feel hard necessarily. It was kind of just like a fun moment where like you're just kind of oh okay, like here's these skeleton guys in this room. Sometimes it became a little challenging when you had to like jump out of the way or like you know block and time your blocks and stuff like that, but. There wasn't any like crazy parry system. There wasn't like any sort of like there wasn't any additional systems on it besides like jump hit, jump hit, like jump block, block hit, kind of thing.
0: And I mean, I, it was pretty like flowcharty.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I think I, I don't I don't see that as a bad thing. I actually feel like that's that's pretty fun to me. I understand that games have like really come gone different ways. Even the Zelda games themselves have all these different elements kind of on top of that classic fighting like flowchart um, for instance, like you can super dodge. You can dodge in slow mo in yeah. Breath of the Wild. You can parry in other Zelda games too. Um, you can shield. Hot Mickey, what's it called when you shield uh, parry? Is it just called shield parry?
2: I think it's just called shield parry. All right, yeah, thank I don't you. think there's thank any you for... unique term for this. Okay, great.
1: Um, <laughs> Deflect. Yeah, uh, I like that part about, about the game. And also, um, well, I'm, I was just going to jump into what this game did first. as far as game design.
0: I I mean, he did a lot of things first. Before we get into that, my last big complaint is the, and you you and I actually already argued about this off screen or a while ago, but the text scrolls so damn slow. And I think, I know you said that's UI design, but I don't know how you argue that UI design isn't a part of game design.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, the text is slow. I don't know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, it is not game. I mean, it's quite literally not
0: game design. I, I disagree. I think it is. Take, UX, for example, a game like. Hutt,
1: so, HUD, Heads Up Display is game
0: design? I think that's more than. UI is like literally the interface. What are you interacting with, right? Take something like Team Fight Tactics. How do you interact with each individual unit? How do you move them around? Game design. I
1: mean, game design in Team Fight Tactics is like, how does this system interact with another system? Oh, like say, positioning and stuff. Like, that's UI. No, positioning would be game design in Team Fight Tactics. Uh, th- game design is like, how does this system interact with this system? And and like how does it how does this particular item consumable character unit affect this character and unit? It's not I mean UX UI, like heads up display, that's that's different it's like saying like, oh, I didn't like the way the ammo display looked in Call of Duty Modern Warfare two. That's not game design. That's just HUD.
0: I disagree. I, I feel yeah, like that's I feel like the HUD <laughs> isn't taking Right, everyone, write in. Let yeah, us know. Right. Hit it on the hard, Discord. I'm really heads curious. Heads up
1: display, game design.
0: I guess uh, I, in my mind, because if you're interacting with it in this case, which you're interacting with the text, like that's part of game design. And yeah, okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll hear.
1: Um, few things uh, that the game did first, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. I talked on a I talked on a few of them uh, earlier. Z targeting or single target, although not perfect, it was the first game to do it, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. something. Uh, the day night cycles. Uh, first game to do that mm-hmm. as well. Um, an action button or an everything button. Um, I think this is pretty interesting. So I read this in an article. Um, it was a retrospective article on the things that Zelda head did first. Um, so a button that basically switches depending on what you're close to, what you're doing, how you're moving. There's an everything button in this game. We take that kind of button for granted these days. Like usually there's an everything button in every single adventure game where it's yeah. like, oh, here's it's this, the same button you use to open the door. Is the same button you use to like pick an object up, it's, which is the same button that you use to like, you know, scroll through dialogue or something like that. And, and everything action button. Uh, Zelda is like the first, or if not the earliest example of just an everything button that was the action button, which is your main one.
0: Is there not? Did Chrono Trigger not do something like that?
1: Well, there's just like a go up to and interact with it button, but like you can't you can't pick up a button. You can't pick up an object in Chrono Trigger with the same button that you like, talk to a character with, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, so it's an action, basically a universal action button, is yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, a number of other things, um, obviously, like the cinematic 3D bars that come up. That was pretty new, especially for a time when games did not have cinematic widescreen. They were all on CRTs, so that was pretty interesting there. Um, there were, uh, well, in Overworld, right? So High Hyrule yeah. Field and a big Overworld. Uh, you can sequence break break in Zelda. It's pretty hard to do, but you can do the dungeons out of order. Speedrunners do do it out of order. So oh, really? Fun. Yeah, you can. It's it's like you have to really glitch the game out though, and like oh, really yeah. sequence break. Super Metroid has sequence breaking too, which is an earlier example. But um, Zelda's a lot more railroady in that in that regard. But
0: bit more linear. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's a lot more linear, but th- t- you technically could do it if you wanted to, which is I think is pretty interesting. Um so yeah. Um any other things
0: on game design? Uh not really. I think we kind of hit everything a little bit. Uh Navi's annoying as fuck and you like think so? rarely gives any useful intel. Yeah, well she does give intel
1: on every like enemy in the game. If you're if you're Z targeting an enemy and you you prompt Navi, then she'll give you like a weak point.
0: Mm,
1: fair enough. That's pretty fun. And she also gives names to every every enemy. All the enemies have fun names. Um yeah, I mean her voice the hey listen. Maybe we could throw that in uh, in post production, but yeah. Eh.
0: But yeah, uh, art style though. I mean, it's a weird one because the game's old as fuck. But
1: that's why it's called art style, art style, not technical art.
0: I know category, which is why my note is old as fuck, obviously. <laughs> but I think, given the time this came out, like it's incredible for what it is, mm-hmm. and just the expansive world and how it's all like existing in the same like render space is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's great. I mean
1: um, I think that the individual, like the design of every dungeon is really cool, like really unique depending on the setting. You know, the spirit dungeon has a totally different art style than like, you know, the forest temple, you know? And I think that there's, there's a lot to be said about the individual decisions made about every area. Like the desert has like a certain color palette to it. That's very different from the lost woods. So I think that like every individual like piece of the world feels very different from every other piece of the world, um, and I think like art style and sound design really like get like marry really really well because like what'll happen in the game is you'll go to the like Death Mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a fire temple on Death Mountain. You go there, you learn the song that teleports you to Death Mountain, and the song feels very like thematically close it sounds and feels like it should be a volcano song if that makes sense you know it's like or the uh for some reason the water temple song i really like i forget the name of that one hot mickey you could probably find that one um that one feels very close to like feels very like watery and flowy and blue maybe
0: the art and the music yeah yeah Yeah. that's right i I, I do enjoy the individual set designs as well for sure. For what it is. And I, if it was like ever remat, remade today or rather not remastered, I think it'd look incredible for yeah, sure. It,
1: you should look at the 3DS graphics. Uh, they look pretty good, honestly. They look a lot better. Uh, yeah. Like the 3DS actually looked really great.
0: There are a couple of parts actually where I would watch some of the 3DS guy just to like visualize what I needed to do. And I'm like, yeah. damn, it looks like it great. looks yeah, brighter.
2: The, the 3DS one actually looks incredible because like I watched like a streamer like emulate the 3DS one. I was like, wait, why didn't I? Because I had just played like The N64 emulated version, and I saw him playing this updated one. I'm like, this is way better, yeah. It's so just, oh much better. God, it's the brighter. 3DS
1: graphics look better than like PS2 graphics. It's like kind of funny, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's a
0: stretch. I, no, then, totally.
2: And then also, the, the 3DS one, uh, that's <laughs> a couple different things.
0: You're telling me Kingdom Hearts 2 does not, you're telling me 3DS Ocarina of Time looks better than Kingdom Hearts 2. I'd
1: say there's 3DS games that look better than PS2 games,
0: that yes, but Ocarina of Time. Sorry, I thought you meant like the um, that game I'm specifically. The
1: 3DS was a sneaky, powerful graphics. Yeah, okay, I, sorry, That's I'll agree with I that. Say, I misunderstood
0: yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was like, bro, are you kidding me? Why are you like, trying to attack me right now? Because I thought you said something stupid. <laughs> I wasn't going to let you get away with it. But also, to it. answer
2: your question, Lucas, there's serenade of water. All right, like, see, it feels water. like a serenade of water. That's what go. I'm saying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, yeah, one one note about this particular emulation, emulation um, but also like... Something that I didn't encounter whenever I played it on the 64 version is like sometimes stuff would load in and render in late on this version, which yeah. is really sad. Sometimes you'd walk into a room and you'd catch it rendering. Um, I know it's not art style, but we always usually talk about graphical things um, in this in this segment as well. But um, on the N64 version, one thing or better emulation than the Switch version, there's there's atmospheric fog. This is this is a note actually I got from IGN Game Scoop. Uh, shout out to Sam Claiborne who actually made this note. Um, In the other emulations of Ocarina of Time, there's, like, fog or atmospheric fog. Really? Yeah. And, like, in this game, what they did was, since draw distances were increased in this game, they didn't need... The fog was a trick to render... Not render the whole world all at once, right? Gotcha. But in this game, since the render distances were basically infinite for the game engine, because we're way past the technical limitations, they, like... Didn't need to use as much fog. So they actually took out a lot of the fog, but some of the fog is literally not to do the trick of render distance. It's atmospheric fog. So the Shadow Temple does not look good on this emulation at all. No. Because they yeah. took out, there's supposed to be way more spooky atmospheric <laughs> fog. And it sells a lot better on the other emulation. I buy that, And yeah. stuff. So um, I really don't know why they did that on this emulation. Um, but yeah, uh, disappointing for sure. Yeah. Um, sound design.
0: Music Slaps. Music Slaps. Sounds song's great. Won't, won't fight you on that one. Yeah. I'll never forget, like, years ago, years ago, I think while I was still in college, I forget how I came across it, but I just came across a Lost Woods, like, dubstep remix. Shit was so fire. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. That song's been, like, covered and redone. So, so, so good. And yeah.
0: it, it, it's incredible the amount of influence it's had on people, like you mentioned, to do covers or of it, to make remixes of it. I can't think of any of their game music off the top of my head that is uh, maybe kingdom hearts actually has, you know, stuff is kind of all over the place, but I can't think of many other, like a lot of other music from games where it has that much influence. Yeah.
1: There's like, I mean, undertale, right. Has like huge like
0: covers. People love all the music
1: from that. I think like, yeah, Ocarina is just, just has amazing music, (laughs) like really iconic stuff, uh, stuff that's really stuck with people over many, many years. Um,
0: even yeah. when I got just to the Lost Woods for the first time, like in the first couple hours of yeah. the game, kind of just wanted to just hang out, hang out yeah. there and just yeah. vibe.
1: And even like the what's cool about even that is like you follow the music in the Lost Woods in order to get through the Lost I did Woods, like right? That. So yeah. it's like, oh, this is sick. Like you know, I think that that was a pretty clever, clever thing with the sound. I actually
0: like that a lot better than what they did in the Breath of the Wild. Because I think in The Lost Woods in the it was Wind of the Wild, it was Win, which was a lot harder to like get a read on. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: There's always like some trick to the Lost Woods in, in any Zelda game that has Lost Woods. I think in Majora's Mask, there's a Lost Woods where you like follow a monkey. Hot Mickey you. <laughs> yeah, yeah you follow a monkey. Yeah, yeah. Um I think all the songs, they're cool because they have their own like little theme. Like yeah. they like like I mentioned earlier, you know, the the Spirit Temple song feels and sounds like something that would belong to the Spirit Temple. Um, they all have like, it's like the serenade of water, the bolero of fire, and they're all like kind of a different, I think it's the minu- minuet of the forest or something. Yeah, they're all nice. like, I don't know, they're all like kind of classically named after like a certain, what do you call that? Like a song type or like a music genre? Well, like uh, a bolero versus a serenade, right? Like, I don't, um, I don't know what those are Category Performance type? Yeah, I guess like song a style, type, style, whatever. They're all kind of named that way. That's pretty cool. What was your favorite song?
0: Uh, probably just Lost Woods,
1: Seria's Sar- song. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good song. I like the Song of Time a lot. Long time is good. The Song of Time is pretty cool. Um, the Song of Time in this game is just used to move big blue blocks. It's not really like it's kind of just an arbitrary game game key in in the game design. I'm not I'm not really a big fan of it. But in Majora's Mask, the Song of Time actually sends you back in time. It's actually really cool. Uh, so, it,
2: it does a couple things because in Majora's Mask, because you can uh, play like a different version of it. Like if you play each song note, of double time, if song of double time will like cut the time spent in half, like if you do each note twice in a row, so it's like right, it's like right, right, C, A, uh, down, right, A, down, like you just repeat like that over. But if you do like right, right, A, A, down, down, like it will reduce the time in half, right, so right? You can speed it up, and then also if you play it in backwards, reverse, yeah, uh. Oh, I'm sorry. The it, double time, it slows it. No, double sorry, time, sorry, sorry, time, double time makes time go faster. Yeah. No, no, no. Double time makes it. You go half a day ahead. You go 12 hours. That's, right. Next, that's, that's what, right. That's right. Yeah. That's what double time does. And then the backwards one uh, slows down time. Yeah.
1: Matt I mean, probably has no idea what we're talking about with the time stuff. And I'll, I hope I never so, have to find so out. Majora, so Majora's Mask <laughs> is. It came out two years after this, and it uses the exact same engine, exact same assets as Ocarina of Time. The story is the world gets destroyed, like the. Basically, the Skull Kid gets a hold of this extremely powerful godlike mask called yeah. the Majora's Mask. He uses it to summon the moon down to the world and destroy it. But just before it's destroyed, Link plays the Song of Time and goes back in time 72 hours. So the mm. whole game is a Groundhog Day, like 72 hours cycle, where you have to keep going back in time That's 72 cool. hours.
0: That sounds and a lot more interesting. It this. is way, way... Ma- Majora's Mask is so cool.
1: Majora's Mask is actually... In my opinion, hot take better than Ocarina of Time because it it just is darker, like people die all over the place. There's like you can transform into a Goron or a Zora in Majora's mask by putting on a Goron mask or a Zora mask. And a Deku too, which is cool. They each have their unique abilities. And then all the whole while the moon is falling to the land. And like there's some times where like you're trying to complete a task, but the world is gonna end. So you have to like defeat, like find this task, do this thing, find this treasure, and then play the song of time immediately to travel back to it. The, uh, the beginning of the. Is
0: game. it like a live timer in the game? Yeah, so there's timer. a live timer. It's always going. That's
1: cool. Yeah, it's it's actually really that that one is really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love I love Majora's Mask, but this isn't a Majora's Mask episode.
0: Um, uh, all right, let's move on. NPC award. I'll start. Uh, it's got to be Darunia. Yeah, he's sick. Later, <laughs> I brother brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's I, sick. I just <laughs> imagine him talking to me like. Oh, what, there's like a certain character. I'm Hulk Hogan. Like a whole program, <laughs> like, oh, brother, that music yeah. slaps, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. God, brother. Yeah. He like, just starts dancing. <laughs> yeah, and I just love how he's such a, like, he's introduced this kind of being a dick to your character, Link, young Link. And the second you play the song, he's like, oh, my God, brother. brother. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. music, oh, brother. I, I love, <laughs> I love, like,
1: um. How he as a sage, like when he unlocks his power and stuff, and like whenever he interfaces you like dialogue wise, he's always calling you brother. Like, yeah. He truly yeah. does view his brother. He named your son he named his son Link.
0: I know, I <laughs> love that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So but, uh,
1: um my NPC is probably gonna be Saria, um, sage of the Forest Temple, your best friend, you know? BFF. Um what I really like about the sages is like each one of them represents some sort of like thematic archetype for you, right? Like Daruni is your brother. Saria is your best friend. Yeah. Princess Ruta is like your your, wa- your fiancé. <laughs> yeah, your lover, even though she's not really. Self-proclaimed. Um, self-proclaimed lover. Um, Like, what's the other one? The spirit, the thief is like the spirit temple sage. She's like your your thieving partner, kind of like an honor among thieves type yeah. of thing. Um, Impa, who's the sage of the shadow temple, is kind of like a, a mentor or like a guide because she's quite a bit older than you when you first yeah, meet her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there, there's really cool things. And Saria is like your best friend. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty it's sweet. Nice. And like when when you first see her again after all those years of being an adult, I think she makes like a comment too, like, "Oh, whoa! Like, I always knew you were not one of us. Yeah, like you were yeah. always meant to know." Because all the all the um, they don't age. They don't age. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, okay.
0: Companion piece pick. Musical artist: Kalliptic. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who that I, is. I uh, I just I just found them on Spotify while I was playing this game actually. So I wanted, I was like, oh, let me just find a Song of Storms remix. And then <laughs> his was the first one that came up, or hers, I don't know. Um, theirs was the first one that came up, and it's spelled Coleptic K-A-L-E-P-T-I-C. So definitely go check them out, everyone. They have a lot of great stuff, great music. And even just their Song of Storms remix was great, but then a lot of the stuff they produced just sounds very like video gamey. Yeah. Okay. And uh I was really, I was really fucking with it. We'll
1: put so. put a link in the Discord for all the fans. Yeah. Um, my companion piece pick is Citizen Kane. <laughs> Matt's <laughs> smiling at me right now. Okay, I actually have some logic here. Okay, both Citizen I know, Kane. I know Karina, exactly where you're going. They're, with they're both 99s on Metacritic. They're both like top two of their medium of all time. Uh, but one could argue that they've aged poorly because they're both very, very old for, for modern day audiences, and you know. I know you we've we've been public on the pod about you not really being a big fan of Citizen Kane. So, you know, I invite other people to watch that movie or play Ocarina of Time and see how you feel about either one of these these pieces of art. You know? Do they maybe it doesn't age so well. There's plenty of movies that
0: don't age well. And maybe for, for some people, Citizen Kane doesn't hit. You know? Dang. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. I almost brought up Citizen Kane earlier about how that movie's bad in my opinion. But Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I think like I, I will accept that argument. Like I I I would def we definitely need to be a, there. Need to be a whole Citizen Kane episode for that. But I'm saying like to be fair, I, I haven't not,
0: watched Citizen Kane in like many years, probably nine years or eight years. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I can see a world where people don't view it as the greatest. I mean, people call it the greatest movie of all time. I can disagree with that, and yeah. I think that there's people that totally would disagree with that. It's number two on Metacritic, I think, under It Happened One Night, which is number one, and then like Wizard of Oz is number three. So, it's like, I don't think that those three are the greatest movies of all time. So, there'd be an argument. There's an argument for everything. So, I'm. Wizard of cool Oz. Number Holds three, you agree, you agree with that? Movie slot. <laughs> okay, I love, I'm glad, I'm glad, <laughs> we, I'm glad we agree on that. But I I can see an argument being made that is not number three. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, Favorite moment? Hit it.
0: So, originally, it was the final Ganon fight. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah. But in the course of this podcast, I remember one of the only moments that actually had me laughing. Um, The moment where you... I think it's your first time in the Water Temple. Or not Water Temple, excuse me. In Zora's domain and you have to get past the king to go to Jabu Jabu. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just this really... It's a really weird scene where... I mean, the king is like this really just fat, giant fish dude. Yeah. And he's covering an entrance to Jabu Jabu, which is like the beast that we're talking about, which is where you need to get to. And for whatever reason... The scene where he moves out of the way, I swear it's like a 30 second scene of him slowly and he's like scooting whoop. And it's like 30 seconds yeah. of him just whoop, whoop, slowly yeah. going out of the way. And I almost feel like they must have known it was ridiculous what yeah. they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> it is just the silliest, just like I don't know. I just love Diggs. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. But, that moment's pretty funny. It's yeah. like
1: even now watching it, I'm just like they were laughing when they made that yeah. for sure, when they were going through it. Um, my favorite moments is the ending, I'd say. Um, that fight with Ganon is so epic. It's like so cool. The music's great. Like when the castle comes down and then he like busts out of the rubble and then like he's floating and like the way they the way they make him look, it's like his eyes are glowing, he's all dark, you can't see him anymore. He's yeah. like a shadow. And then he just like turns into Ganon. And it just like it's cool because all of the boss fights have like a sub, like a like it says like uh, arachnid horror nightmare. Gamora or whatever like it usually yeah. like whenever the boss title comes up it'll like name like the title it's like a title and then it'll name them but with Ganon it just says Ganon yeah. and it's like
0: ah, oh! oh fuck
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, then, and then and then he has his two swords and and yeah it's just it's just a great fight for sure um, you lose your master sword Zelda hits him it's pretty pretty cool um, my honorable mention though are the chic quotes so one thing I do like about Ocarina Time is like Like literally every time you meet Sheik, he, she, Sheik just muses on like time, which I thought was cool. Like Sheik, I had this one quote, uh, when you meet Sheik, uh, at the water temple location, actually when, when he, she teaches you the, um, serenade of water. Yes. Yeah. Uh, time passes. People move like a river's flow. It never ends. A childish mind will turn to noble ambitions. Young love will become deep affection. The clear water surface reflects growth. And she's talking about, like, the princess, you, the lady. Yeah.
2: Like, uh, you're not at the water temple for that. You're, like, behind Jabu Jabu in the cave. That's there you go. You there you go.
1: Man, Hot Mickey <laughs> with the hot facts. Um, and then this one, uh, I actually don't remember. Hot Mickey, you could probably let me know where this is from. The flow of time is always cruel. Its speed seems different for each person, but no one can change it. A thing that does not change with time is the memory of younger days.
2: I want to say that's like the shadow temple.
1: I think that's right.
0: I buy that. Yeah.
1: Um, I love those little quotes. Um, they kind of fit in thematically. Like throughout Ocarina of Time, there's like this theme of like, you know, you go to the future and things are like decrepit or destroyed or worse off than they were. And the thing like, whenever you go back to being a kid, the world does genuinely feel way happier. <laughs> like yeah. when you do leave the, the temple. I mean, of literally
0: time. fucking Hyrule, literally the castle area is like just destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me too. One thing I really mentioned with sound design was
1: this the Rededs
0: it reminded me of um oh what was that what's the game we just eternal darkness oh it reminded yeah it reminds me so much of just like the sanity stuff in eternal darkness just the, the their screeching sound yeah those are those are scary it's scary yeah. too
1: from a game design standpoint cuz they freeze you and you're like oh good, c- come on yeah.
2: boom. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those like, things freaking. those things gave me nightmares as a kid uh, i know <laughs> me too
1: and like i i love how you'll go back to being a kid and the world like you put the sword back in you jump off you hear the temple of time music then you walk out of, to the market, and it's all happy and like yeah, joyous and yeah. bright and everything. And then when you become an adult, it's really dark. It's like I think I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I think Nintendo did a really great job of like mirroring the lost like innocence of being a kid. Like when you're a kid, the world feels like very bright and innocent and nice to be in. And when you're an adult, it's like scary and destroyed. Awful, Everything's yeah. awful. And yeah. it's your job to like try and save it and everything. But the point is, you can move back and forth between these two things as Link. And I I just think. The whole Ocarina of Time thing of traveling through time really sold very well in this game because of like the way the world is set up as being bright and fun, somewhat innocent, maybe a looming threat. And then when you're an adult, the looming threat did win. And fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's
2: pretty, pretty yeah. sick, pretty sucks. One moment I do want to point out that I thought was incredible is like it brings on to the point is like, oh, as a kid, everything's br- like bright. Like everything seems like oh happy and innocent. And then like after you get, you complete the Jabu Jabu temple and you ha- and are like, Oh, I have all three of the gems now, all three of the spirit stones. It's right. time to go back to the castle and meet the princess. And then right as you get into the gate, everything like it starts getting all rainy, all dark. You're like, Oh no. That was a cool part. That was a really yeah. cool part. And then she throws
1: the ocarina into the river and then mm-hmm. you have to pick it up. And then yeah. yeah, that was that was a cool part too for sure. That's that's when like things really switch. Really, really quickly. Yeah. Um,
0: Moving all right. on. Um, nitpicks. I already talked about it. I don't even need to go into that. Um, unless you have anything else you want to add.
1: Yeah, no, I think same thing. Uh, camera doesn't hold up. Uh, emulation sucked on this version. Really sad about that. Um, but,
0: yeah, I can't
1: What, yeah. what are we, we going to do?
0: What are we going to do? Um, would you play other games from this developer? Yeah, I mean, it's Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it's Nintendo, for sure. Um, I mean, we've played other
1: games. Both of us have played a million Nintendo games, you yeah. know, and... Um, uh, I don't know if you'll play any other. I have a feeling you probably won't want to play any Zelda games, just in general, um, unless they were really for the pot and maybe even will be hard to convince you to do that. Um <laughs> well, Breath of
2: the Wild 2. Breath it's of the Wild is coming it's out. Hard not to play that. Yeah,
1: I'll be playing that. It'd be I mean, pretty I'll be, easy not I, to play. I'll, it. I'll be. <laughs> oh, I will be playing Breath of the Wild 2, having a great time with Mi- with Hot Mickey. Yeah.
2: And Matt will. Matt will be fine. I actually still I'm need gonna, to finish Breath of the Wild. What? When I play Breath of the Wild, when I complete each of the uh, little shrines, uh, I like focused on stamina first. I wanted to max that out first because I just wanted to run fast as much as possible <laughs> yeah. as long as I could. And then when I got to the Master Sword part, I didn't have enough hearts. like, ah, shit, I need to go find more temple <laughs> or more shrines. <laughs> oh, wow. And then I just like stopped after that.
0: It like demotivated me to keep playing. Hot um. Mickey. All right, I think we need to wrap up here, though. We're running low on time. Yeah. Um, all right, final conclusive thoughts. Um, great for its time. I will not doubt that for a minute. For me, it does not hold up at all today for reasons I've stated. I like games that are really story-heavy or heavy action games, and this is neither of those.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, I loved this game. I think that this game, um, like you can, when you do play this game, it is like walking through a patent office, it's like everything that you see in modern games today, you can see the prototyping of that or the experimentation of that within this game, which I think gives it a whole edge in and of itself. Um, I love the scripted combat personally, um, and I don't mind the streamlined simplistic story. And um, the music is incredible, I think we both agree on that. Yes. Um, alright all right. so we are going to rate this game for those of you that have never listened to our podcast before maybe this is the first time you've ever heard us um, our final conclusive thoughts work with I give the rating out of 10 Matt gives his rating out of 10 we add those up and that is our score for the game the official thanks for playing score for the game uh, Matt 3, two, one, six. 10. I had a feeling it would be in the 6 area for you this is the most we've uh, disagreed on a game for sure
0: I feel like we disagreed around this on Cyberpunk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't think our scores were four points apart, though.
0: Didn't you give it like a three?
1: No, no, I gave a, <laughs> I think I gave 12 minutes. I gave something a three. It wasn't Cyberpunk, though. I mm-hmm. think I gave Cyberpunk a four or five.
0: Well, let me tell you how I got six. Okay. If I was doing it by today's standards, it's a four. Okay. I was looking at it through the lens of when it came out for me. If I played this game when it came out. I'd probably would have given it an eight.
1: Okay, that's that's sorry, average it out.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Um. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you very good transparency and journalism there. Thank Love you. That. Yeah. Um. I gave it a ten for the obvious reasons. I mean, I'm blinded by nostalgia over here. It's like hard. It's really hard for me to separate. Um. How I feel about this game in in any sort of vacuum, right? I mean, I've played this game since I was like three years old, uh, moving around on it. So it's really foundational for me. Um. And yeah, if if uh, any of you out there want to talk about this with us you could find us online and hit us up matt where can they find us online
0: everyone can you shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod for at gmail.com you can find us on tiktok twitter and instagram at tfp podcasts that's tfp podcasts with an s at the end and if you want to find your good buddy matt you can hit me up on twitter at good idea matthew of course, though, the best place to find us is the Discord. Links in the link to you on our socials to that, as well as on our website, thanks for playing.live. Or email us. I will personally send you a Discord invite.
1: All right. Love
0: it. Lucas, where can we find you? Uh,
1: you can find me most easily by hitting up the Discord server. Mm-hmm. Um, I am there on the Discord server pretty much all day. i um, been playing Magic the Gathering. We've been playing some TFT, playing a lot of Wordle. Uh, which has been great. A lot of Wordle. Uh, and, Wordle, yeah, we love Wordle. Um, and we've also been um really using the Discord to talk about gaming news. You know, all the big acquisitions that have been coming around the corner. So, um, New York
0: know, Times acquired Wordle. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a big one. That's an underrated one right there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Sony acquired Bungie, a big deal. New yeah. York Times got Wordle. It's huge. Um, yeah. So hit me up on the Discord, and um, there's been a few people that have reached out and you know uh, expressed their love for the pod. So thank you, appreciate everybody out there doing that.
0: Love it, uh, Mickey Hot Mickey. Anything you'd like to plug? Um, Everyone, if you pl- plug your Smash, yeah, Smash, Smash nomination.
2: Pretty uh, uh, you can just follow me on Twitter at Teals underscore BCB. Right now, I'm uh, in the middle of a campaign to get me to like uh, a big invitational where like the best players of PM are getting invited to go to a venue, and it's going to be like a 16 person tournament where it, like starts off with round robin and then goes into chase try to figure out who the best player is and i'm trying to right. get to be a part of that so yeah uh i actually it's not my pin i should probably pin that tweet so yeah
1: you did put it in the self-promotion channel of i the did discord, put it in the so self-promotion in yeah.
2: the discord yeah so you can Make, find it there too not,
1: i'm we're not kidding like for anybody that enjoys smash like project m is a really fun game to watch um it's the modded version of brawl, brawl. for those of you that don't know and it makes it a lot like uh melee me, a lot like melee me, Hot Mickey is one of the best Project M players in the world. Like literally, he's yeah. like top top fifty, top top thirty,
2: and um, I'm probably we, close to like top twenty, top fifteen right now. Look oh. at that! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: he's, he's amazing.
1: He's amazing. So that. fun to watch. He's a Meta Knight player. Um, really tricky. Really swaggy. Um, fun to watch. So um, you know when he does make it to the summit, we will certainly be plugging that in the Discord server and supporting him with all of our love. Thank you, guest
0: producer Hot Mickey thank you guest producer hot mickey love it um all right everyone this has been thanks for playing catch you next time thanks for playing is a production of good ideas only your hosts are lucas luna and matt rockabee our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna, and our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to The Rocal Call Bunch Red Circle.